Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran by phone from Miami where he's down there covering Super Bowl LIV. And uh, Ryan, we've got a great show lined up here today. We're going to be talking all kinds of Bronco stuff, including some interesting comments by Roger Goodell uh, yesterday on Pat Bolin and Broncos ownership. Uh, what did he have to say, Ryan? And kind of just what is the sentiment you think coming from the commission in terms to, to this turmoil the Broncos find themselves in? Well, God, greetings from, greetings from South Florida. If you hear planes flying over by, my hotel is basically connected to the tarmac, but I digress. Um, Goodell um, asked him at his press conference about Joe Ellis's, uh, let's call it an ultimatum, let's call it a mandate, whatever, um, on December 30th saying, hey, if the Bowen family cannot unite and, re- and support Brittany Bolton's candidacy, the next option is to sell the team. I asked Roger, did he support that stance? He gave a long-winded answer that he sort of had to pick apart, but my takeaways from his answer was, A, he's frustrated by the way this is going. When he approved this model years ago, he had to have thought it wouldn't last this long, going on you know, six, seven years. Second part is, without saying it, he basically said, figure it out, guys, sooner rather than later. Right. And... You know, I, I, I was delicate with my, my description of that. Yeah, but eventually, this has to be figured out. And you know, if, if this was a situation where it was follow-up question was 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 allowed, my my would have been: At what point do you get involved? At what point do you sit at the front of the table and say, "Kids, if you're not going to get along, tell us right now. There's no change in that. If that's the case, Joe, you have, you should sell the team." And uh, you know, I'm, yesterday did not change my opinion on whether this team will be put up for sale in the next year or so. I do believe that will be the case after Joe Ellis's comments on December 30th. But it's always good to hear the commissioner opine uh, on the Broncos. Yeah, and Ryan, that opinion you're talking about, I think the strongest quote he had, you know, like you said, he kind of went on a little bit. He had to read the tea leaves a little bit, but no reading the tea leaves with this quote. Goodell said, I don't think he'd, he being meaning Pat Bowen, would be happy about the public disputes that are going on. Unity is something that I think as an organization in the NFL, you have one person who makes a decision on, a, on behalf of an ownership group. That's vital. So, I mean, basically that's, uh, he hits it on the hammer right there, um, you know, with, with the uh, upcoming legal battle and everything going on with the Broncos. So uh, lots, to, lots to see there, and you're right, Ryan. When does the commissioner step in? Some fans elevate Brittany or Beth. 
but it's not too many emails. Um, I think a large majority of the fan base just wants some clarity, just wants something finalized. They want to figure it out, right. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know who the owner is, who they can blame or when things go wrong, or they want to be captivated by uh, the process of selling this team, which would probably go for at least $3 billion. Again, folks, First in Orange podcast, Ryan O'Halloran joining the show from South Florida in Miami. He's out there covering the Super Bowl. Be sure to check him out on Twitter. We'll have plenty of coverage online at DenverPost.com slash Broncos. I am Kyle Newman. And, hey, Ryan, uh, speaking of those Broncos, they, they've been making a little news lately, uh, hiring Mike Shula as the fifth quarterbacks coach in as many years. He uh, follows Pat Shermer over from the New York Giants. And then also hiring a cap guy, Rich Hurtado, as the team's vice president of football administration. So a couple hires there. They still have the outside linebackers coach to, yet to fill, but uh, two significant hires, especially the Shula hire. Yeah, this one's been in the making for you know at least a couple weeks. You know, Shula arrived at the Broncos facility on Friday. I believe it was Friday, and you know, it was there all weekend. They finally got the contract worked out earlier this week. Makes a lot of sense. He's familiar with Pat Shermer. Last two years as the Giants' offensive coordinator, and you know, besides that, what I was told is that Big Fangio was really impressed by Shula's work with quarterbacks and the improvement from pre-Shula to you know to the first year that he had them. Like Cam Newton won an NFL MVP the year they lost the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Right. So, well, I think this hire is important is you have Pat Shermer, who's the play caller and offensive coordinator. He'll be, you know, he's going to work closely with Drew Locke, too. But I think where Mike Shula comes in is, hey, he's got a familiarity with this offense. He has tons of experience. He can help coach the coaches who, are, who have been retained, help them get comfortable with the new offense, the techniques, the routes, the blocking schemes, etc. Whereas maybe Rich Gangarello had to do that all because T.C. McCartney was a first-year quarterback coach himself. So I think Vic was looking for experience in both play calling and quarterback, and you know he should feel confident just by Shermer's resume and Shula's resume that he has that. Yeah, Shula started his coaching career in 88 with the Buccaneers. He's been with six NFL teams, spent four years as Alabama's head coach, 03 to 06. Uh, and uh, like you said, lots of experience working with quarterbacks over the years. And then uh, you look at the other hire Broncos made after Mike Sullivan, was his contract was not renewed after eight seasons as director of foot, football admin. Uh, they bring in Rich Hurtado, and obviously, Ryan, it seems the Philadelphia Eagles connection there with the Broncos executive kind of opened the door to uh, this hire. Yeah, and you know, that was uh, left out of the press release, I'm pretty sure. But Matt Russell, uh, John Owens, number two lieutenant, and her title were crossed over during the time of the Eagles, uh, 2006, 7, and 8. Talked to a couple executives that, and I put their comments added to, added to your story that was online only uh, today and yesterday that her title worked for Todd France, uh, who is a tough negotiator. And with this franchise take, he likes it to take, he likes to take things down to the wire. Todd France is Justin Simmons' agent. I think Justin Simmons is going to get tagged. That'll lead up to July fifteenth showdown to get an extension done. And you know, as one as one executive said, you know, Hurtado is, is a stickler, a little bit of a hard ass. Second executive said, "Hey, he's a hardworking guy." He called it a great hire for the Broncos. And, it's not so much that Mike Sullivan did anything wrong. I just think maybe they just wanted a different viewpoint. And somebody 
who had been in the aging game uh, more, more recently. You know, Sullivan did a lot of good things, and I'm sure he'll resurface quickly. But obviously, when they made a decision not to renew Sullivan's contract, they they, they had their eye on uh, Hurtado. Yeah, Hurtado will oversee Broncos salary cap overall football budget once again. He's helped negotiate more than $2.5 billion in total contracts when he was with CAA alongside uh, Todd France. So uh, pick up for the Broncos. Uh, they, they got their quarterbacks coach, still looking for that outside linebackers coach after Brandon Staley left for the Rams to be the uh, defensive coordinator there. But Broncos making some moves. And, uh, hey, what are you hearing down there, Ryan, just from you know various Chiefs and 49ers, obviously, Connections all up and down the roster to the Broncos, from Emmanuel Sanders to Lynch to uh, Shanahan, obviously, who, who grew up here and went to Cherry Creek High School. What are you hearing just kind of uh, about the Broncos? Thoughts? Any any projections on 2020? Anything like that? Yeah, just some thought, just some insight. I mean, uh, a couple of the 49ers assistants were really disappointed that Rich Gangarello only got one year as coordinator. He was the quarterback coach from San Francisco, leaves to take this job as a coordinator, and you know, one thing they stress is, hey, when things go, weren't going well for the 49ers the last two years, you know, continuity helped out. They've had the same play caller on offense and defense for the last three years during this rebuild. Now they're one game away from the Super Bowl championship. That says something about patience, wanting to embrace embrace the grind a little bit instead of panicking and starting over every single damn year. Talk to Kyle Shermer, whose father is Pat Shermer. Uh, Kyle played quarterback at Vanderbilt. He's now in the Chiefs practice squad. And great kid. Had a great conversation with him on Media Day Monday night. And one thing he said about Pat is he's super excited to work with, with Drew Locke. And, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, you're obviously biased, but why is your dad click so well with so many quarterbacks? And said, hey, he said, hey, you know, he's going to work as hard as he can to help these guys develop. He's got a great foundation of, you know, we're learning from Andy Reid, coaching other young quarterbacks. He's piled up all this knowledge that he's going to pass on to Drew Locke. And last thing about Locke, I asked Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, I said, you guys played him in the snow late in the season. What would you think? And, and Spagnuolo said, hey, he came out and get pretty impressed with Locke because it was bad weather. As I said, they weren't the better team, the Broncos, but he kept battling. It was, you know, it was a lopsided score, but – he said, watching tape going that game, and he goes, feels like the Broncos should 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 have confidence that Drew could be the guy moving forward. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Ryan O'Halloran alongside Kyle Newman, talking all things Broncos-centric related to the last week of news. Super Bowl chatter, etc. cetera. Uh, one final thing before we close out this segment, Ryan. Uh, obviously, Broncos got a couple modern-era finalists up for uh, induction into Canton in Steve Atwater, Smiling Assassin, and John Lynch, who obviously will, is, is in Miami right now with his 49ers. Uh, any thoughts on, on their candidacies? And uh, uh, are Broncos going to be looking at a couple more in Chinese here? chance than Lynch and you know doing a little bit of a straw poll with voters this week in Miami uh, one thing they said was if somebody makes the cut from 15 to 10 which happens in the meeting but doesn't make it you know and they're back in it next year that helps um, so that, that would help Steve Atwater he made it he made the first cut last year to 10 and when, when, when he's presented in the meeting on Saturday you know, the voters will, will remember a lot of those accomplishments and problem is there's just not a lot of safeties in the Hall of Fame right. and problem number two is 
most of these people think Troy Polamalu is going to be a first ballot guy on uh, Saturday. Okay, that takes one safety spot. That means there's only four other spots left for the whole class. Last year they put three defensive backs in, two corners and one safety. Did they feel comfortable putting two safeties in this year? You know, Steve is an all-80s decade player. Uh, excuse me, all-90s decade player. Of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, there's 66 players who made all-decade. 63 in the Hall of Fame. Drew Peterson fell short in the Centennial class. Leroy Butler and other safeties, a first-time finalist this year. And then Steve Atwater's that third guy. So, you hope, you know, for Bronco fans, you hope he breaks through. And, you know, you hope Champ Bailey getting in last year sort of opens the floodgate a little bit for Broncos defenders. But if I had to, you know, say who has a better chance, I think Atwater would definitely have a better chance this year than John Lynch. So as you mentioned, Atwater, three-time finalist, John Lynch, seven-time finalist, Troy Polamalu, his first year looking like he's going to get in. Uh, as you alluded to, Ryan, selection Saturday in Miami, day before the Super Bowl. It's obviously this Saturday when uh, everyone, the full committee, will elect five modern era players to join the centennial slate in the class of 2020. Uh, that'll just about do it for today's show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the Broncos throughout the offseason, up to the draft and forward, and, of course, uh, Super Bowl coverage from Mr. O'Halloran himself, who you're going to be, uh, I assume, wedged into the uh, press box up there like sardines or what? I haven't been to this one since they redecorated or remodeled i.e. tightened up the press box so usually uh it is pretty tight but you know we'll uh, we'll squeeze in there and uh i think it's going to be a good game and uh we had to send in our predictions which you guys can read in the denver post uh this weekend but hey for our podcast listeners let's give a little tease we both picked kansas city uh i'll go with mine first i got kc 28 san francisco 24 i think mahomes uh wins the first of several super bowls with the chiefs Travis oh, Kelsey, several, several. several. Bronco fans, send your uh, send your uh, hate email to kneuman at denverpost.com. <laughs> he returns all those emails. I do, I do. I have a special folder for him. Uh, anyways, and Travis Kelsey will be uncoverable. I think he catches the winning touchdown pass late, uh, and San Francisco's dream season falls just short. Ryan, what's your prognosis? I'm trying to remember what the score I picked was. Do you have it there in front of you? I, I can't even remember. 20 to 17, I think. Uh, the over-under is about 54 right now. It's been held steady in Vegas all week. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game because both these teams' defenses have come along uh, this year and have good pass rushes. I think Kansas City, and I get my prediction. I got a little starky. I said San Francisco's D4 jumps off sides with seven seconds to go, giving the Chiefs a free five yards, and they make a 52-yard field goal as time expires. That's I think Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP. I think he will be the difference because San Francisco has nine sacks in the postseason. They have not faced the quarterback as athletic and mobile and dynamic as Mahomes, so he's going to avoid some of that pressure, make a lot of plays with his legs like he did in the AFC title game. And first to several, you never know, but I think this puts the Chiefs in position to really have a nice little run here. Again, folks, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman on the First Orange Podcast. Thanks for listening. DenverPost.com slash Broncos for more coverage. And until next time, folks, take it easy. <laughs>